Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. service this morning that I want to just kind of link these two together if I can with the help of the Lord. I want you to join me in Joel chapter 2 and verse 28. I'm not going to belabor the issue today but I just want to share something again. I believe the Lord will help us if we'll receive it. Praise the Lord. We talked this morning about possessing the promises of God, believing God, taking Him at His word. Doing more than just observing it from afar, but stepping into it. Being proactive to knock, to seek, to ask. Amen. I believe the Lord will help us today. The book book of Joel 2.28, familiar to many. The Bible says, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. Amen. Lord, I love you today. I'm asking you to help me to convey what is in this passage and in my heart this morning. I pray that you'll help us to receive it, not just to hear it with our ear, but hear it with our heart and step into it, Lord, as a promise, as a promise that belongs to us individually and collectively as a church. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. I believe that as apostolic Pentecostals, we view Joel 2 and 28 in a unique lens because we understand that this was confirmation for the Apostle Peter on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. It was not just a casual response, but the Apostle Peter confirmed, amen, that this indeed is that. Amen. I'm thankful to know this morning that what we feel in our heart what we have felt in this service from the very onset, what we felt this morning in prayer before this service even began, is that this is that. This is not something different, unusual, or unique to us. Amen. But can I tell you today that what we are feeling in this service, Holy Ghost filled and born again people all around the world are feeling this same identical this is that. Amen. God doesn't have just a little 2.0 version of it for us here and another version of it for someone else elsewhere. But I'm thankful that this is that. And I will tell you today that the Apostle Peter on that day did far more than just use three words to say this is that. He went on to tell about the things that would take place in the church or things that would take place within the body of Christ. He said, your sons and your daughters, amen, would you say with me, that's me. Amen, my sons and my daughters, that's a promise that belongs to us. 
We need to pull this out of the pages of Joel and bring it to the address that we abide. Amen. And let this be known in our day that your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. Many times through the years I have talked about a little bit of this, so I'll hit it in passing today. There is a difference, of course, between somewhat a difference between dreams and visions, even though they're similar. The difference between a dream and a vision is that generally a dream takes place at night in our sleep, and visions can happen when a person is awake. I've had visions in the middle of the day that the Lord just gave me something that was just something that he revealed to me, something that he had shown me, whether that was an impression or whether at times God has allowed me to see something visibly. Amen. Not to just stand and stare at it, but the Lord had just passed something in front of me. In the Bible, people who had visions were people, men and women, that had a special, uh, shall we say, God consciousness. I don't believe that we can live with our lives so entangled and so ensnared and so distracted by the things of this world and walk in this dimension. We're going to have to give ourselves, amen, to have a God consciousness. Amen. Most noble, the, the, the most notable uh, examples in the Old Testament of, of men who are people who receive these just happen to be men, but people that receive visions are, are Ezekiel and Daniel. The purpose of visions was to give them guidance. The purpose of, of the visions were to give them direction and in some cases to even foretell the future. And then, and then Joel talks about the other dimension of this and he talks about dreams, images and thoughts or impressions that pass through our mind or our spirit when we are sleeping. Dreams, I believe, have a very prominent place in religious literature and especially in the history of ancient people. In ancient times, dreams, especially dreams of kings and priests, were thought to convey messages from God. And so that's why sometimes even ungodly rulers had dreams, and they needed someone godly to interpret those dreams. God was trying to give them some direction. The Bible says in Numbers 12 and 6, He said, Hear now my words. If there be a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known unto him in a vision and will speak unto him in a dream. In, in, the, Bible, there are, there, in, in the Bible, these dreams are sometimes, sometimes and oftentimes prophetic in nature. In a dream, God warned Abimelech not to touch Sarah because she was Abraham's wife, even though Abraham had lied and said, This is my sister. In a dream. God warned him, don't touch her. Amen. That that's this this you have you've not been told the truth. The Lord spoke to Jacob in a dream, and because of that dream, he renewed the covenant and assured Jacob of his protection, and he assured Jacob of his presence. I suppose that scriptural examples could go on and on various places within scripture and in the lives of men and women where dreams and visions are used. However, I truly believe that the most important thing we have to understand is from what Joel teaches us, and that is that no one is left out of this equation. In Joel chapter 2, he plainly, he plainly listed the fact that there was no gender-specific moving of the Holy Ghost, that it would be sons and daughters. 
Amen. He also let it be known that it was not just to a generation. It was not to just those of a certain age. But he said, you're young and you're old. What I'm trying to tell you today that there's not a person under the sound of my voice in this building or anyone that will hear this message online that is exempt from the Spirit of God being able to move in our lives. Amen. And speak to us. God is not going to have a purpose for the church in this world and then keep the church mute or keep us blind to his purpose. Amen. In Joel chapter 2, he plainly listed these that could be used of him and I frankly believe that excluded no one. God was making sure that I was included in that plan and God was making sure that you were included in that plan. And to our young people today, I want to tell you that God wants to include you in that plan, that you don't have to wait until you're 30 to do something mighty or significant for God. Amen. God can use you in this day. In the book of Genesis chapter 37, we read about a man and his sons. Among those sons, there was a favorite son, a son favored by his father. His name was Joseph. Among those uh, that favored Joseph, God really did have his hand on Joseph. God really did speak to him. And God really did use him mightily in the end of his life, or really all throughout his life. But as a young man, God began to share some things with him. Perhaps it would have been in his best interest, naturally thinking, it would have been in his best interest to have kept those dreams to himself. Amen. But nevertheless, God used him. I want to just kind of summarize the story uh, of Joseph really quick. A young man, uh, and the Lord just gave him some visions. And in those visions and dreams, the Lord began to show him and reveal to him how that others would bow down to him and how uh, that he would be a leader among them. And when he shared this with his brothers, probably in innocence, I'm going to err on the side of caution, uh, that he was sharing that in, in innocence, uh, that stirred up a spirit of jealousy among his brothers. And Who do you think you are? I'm certainly not going to be bowing down to you. I think that uh, I have two older brothers that certainly respect me now. We are grown men for all intent and purposes, but I'm going to tell you, when we were all under the same roof, there was a pecking order. I wasn't nowhere near the top. Not anywhere close to the top. So I can just only imagine what would happen if I had come in our home and started sharing with my brothers what Joseph was sharing with his brothers. I would have probably been sold into slavery as well. <laughs> and... <laughs> Amen. Nevertheless, here is a young man, innocent in his heart, sharing this. And so they they conspired among themselves. We got to do something. We've got to do something. Amen. They were jealous of no doubt even the favoritism that his father, and maybe even his father, planted the first seed of this by the favoritism that he was shown. And so it, that takes us to Genesis thirty-seven. And I want to read a couple of passages here in verse number 18. And when they saw him, talking about Joseph, when his brothers saw him, he was coming to check on them. When they saw him far off, even before he came near unto them, they conspired against him to slay him. And they said to one another, Behold, this dreamer cometh. Amen. Come now, therefore, and let us slay him and cast him into some pit. And we will say, Some evil beasts have devoured him. We will see what will become of his dreams. And so, of course, all of this is laced with cynicism and sarcasm. 
but I believe it's also laced with absolute unadulterated evil. We will murder him and we will, com- we will make up some story that a beast has, has taken him. But thank God for Reuben. Thank God for that one brother with a tender place in his heart. When he heard it, he said he delivered him out of their hands and he said unto them, let us not kill him. Let us not kill him. Now Reuben apparently went along with the idea of putting him in the pit personally and there are a lot of uh, there are a lot of there's a lot of conjecture on this, but personally, many people think that Reuben was going to have him put in that pit, and when his brothers were distracted, he was going to go get him and save him and and spare him from even being sold into slavery. But God had bigger plans, Amen. But I want to tell you something. There is something about people who have the ability to dream, Amen. Dreamers shake the world around them. I, I hope you will just bear with this analogy or illustration, but over the last couple of days, um, I've been looking uh, online. I'm not even sure what started this, but I've been looking online at about 1930, 1931 Model A pickup trucks. And um, if you feel led to buy one, that's between you and the Lord. But I'm just saying that I, I, I really and truly can't even remember what sparked that uh, little bit of curiosity and Last night I came across a, a little small video of a man in his 90s that has uh, a 1931 uh, little Model A pickup truck. It was actually owned and used in its, in its entire life uh, with a Texaco oil company. And this man has taken this truck and restored it. And his son was doing a walk around of the truck. And as they lifted the little sides of that hood and began, he said, Dad, I just want you to point out what's under here. Of course, there was hardly anything under the hood, a lot of a lot of space, a little bit of engine, kind of the opposite of the way it is today. And he was pointing out the, the just the fundamental things, the rudimentary uh, uh, mechanics of that of that engine. Here is the engine, and here is the distributor, and wasn't plug wires but just pieces of solid copper that went to the plugs from the distributor and here is the water pump and 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 here's where you put the oil in and here's the fan and here's the belt it was just such a, a such a simple idea but it but it mobilized man it mobilized man it shook the world of horse owners it shook the world of people that had spent their life making buggies and repairing buggies and buggy whips and wheels and and it and it shook and so uh, there were cynics that said this will never happen it will it'll never work but look where we are today because someone dared to think outside the box someone dared to dream dreamers have a way of shaking their world one of the most notorious perhaps illustrations of of someone dreaming would be a speech that was given in Washington, D.C. when Martin Luther King Jr. stood and said those words that still echo today, I have a dream. If you have ever read this speech in its entirety, then you can know the measure of the passion in which that dream was uttered that day. Amen. This was not a riotous attitude, a riotous spirit, but it was a man that said, I have a dream. 
It was a man that realized that and perhaps didn't realize how prematurely his life would end, but he realized I may not live to see this, but I dream of a day where this is going to happen in the country that I love. Amen. Can I tell you today that we are there and thankfully as a nation we've been there a long time. Dreamers have a way of affecting their world. And by the way, he lost his life over that dream. Amen. Because dreamers was shaking a world. I mentioned him this morning, but I go back again to our first service and tell you that Caleb was a dreamer. He was a visionary, a man that was standing there in certainly a minority. He and Joshua saying, when they were saying, we cannot, they say, we are well able. When they said, we will not, they said, we can and we can do it. When they were pointing out all the reasons why there was a dreamer in their midst that said, but I believe that we can. Can I tell you today that while dreamers may rock our world and shake us from our comfort zone, I want to have the spirit of Reuben and say, whatever you do, don't kill him. Don't silence the voice of a dreamer. Amen. Don't shut down those in our life that would challenge us to grow and get beyond where we are. Amen. Don't fold your Bible and cross your arms and get up and walk away from a message that might stir us and challenge us to become more than what we are today day because dreamers should always affect their world. Caleb went to a literal place on that mountain. Caleb drove down a literal stake on that mountain. He marked his inheritance. He marked his future. But can I tell you, he didn't just mark his future. He marked for the he marked the future for many that would come. Amen. He changed the lives of those around him. I mentioned this this morning in our first service. But Numbers 14 and 24 says, But my servant Caleb... Because he had another spirit with him, hath followed me fully. Amen. This was not a secondary spirit, so to speak, but there was just something about Caleb. There was something about the spirit of Caleb, that faith to believe, that that faith to challenge us, to press us beyond where we have ever been. He said, I him will I bring to the land whereinto he went. And here's the something that's so vital for all of us. This last portion of this scripture ought to mean something to the adults in this building. And his seed shall possess it. Amen. That last line ought to mean something to some adults in this building to realize that my dreaming is not just going to be for me, but the dreams, hallelujah, that God has put in my heart. There's going to be seed after me that shall possess that. And when I tell you seed this morning, I don't want us to just think about natural seed or natural children, but we've got some spiritual children and spiritual seed that's going to, that's going to benefit from the Dreams. I'm going to tell you today, we're here. We are here in this building on this on this October day. Amen. On this cool October day, we are here in this building because somebody dared to dream when someone and others and situations and life tried to say no and snuff out the fire. When others tried to circumvent the will of God, there was somebody that had a dream that said, I'm going to go one more time. I'm going to pray one more prayer. I'll sing one more song. I'll preach one more message. Somebody dared to dream. I'm thankful for the dreamers. Praise God. 
Amen. It is one thing to say we are able. It is one thing to say we can. And it is quite another thing to do it, especially when they did this without any glimmer of hope. When they did this without any, without any prospect of any light, amen, outside of God. That is an incredible thing. Joshua chapter 14, let's not be on the screen, just referring to a few scriptures. Amen. Caleb said, I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me to Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And he said, and I brought him word that was in my heart. Amen. Others were bringing words that were in their heart. But he said, I brought word that was in my heart. And he said, and as behold, as the Lord hath kept me alive, he said, these 40 years, he said, this is what I feel, that I am as strong this day as I was the day that Moses sent me. And as my strength was then, even so is my strength now. He said, I, can, I am able to go into war and I'm able to come out out of war. Amen. I'm telling you today, I'm thankful for the power of the dreamers that have been in my life. The dreamers that have challenged me. The dreamers that have caused me to grow. The dreamers that have set an atmosphere and created and maintained an atmosphere where we can grow. That kind of faith, my friend, does not simply happen. It's something that we've got to develop within us. Amen. We've got to establish our ways before the Lord. I'm going to ask you again from our first service, whose report are you going to believe? And I remind you that your report matters because whatever you believe, that's what's going to be your reward. Two men said, I believe we can, and they got it all. Ten men said, I don't think we can, and they didn't even see it. They didn't taste it, nor did their seed taste it. Hallelujah. But I say, oh God, help us. Help us today. Amen. Whose report are you going to believe? We need some positive influences in our life. Positive voices in our life. Someone that will challenge us to reach for greater things in the kingdom of God. I'm thankful. I'm thankful for what God is doing in our life, in our life as a church. Amen. He said that we have not because we ask not. The dreams that God had given Joseph proved to be more than just simply the ego of a young man, but God was preparing a sustainer for the life and the family and the lineage of Jacob. Amen. But if I'm going to maintain the dream for myself, and if I'm going to keep alive the dreamers around me, it's going to require some things of me. I can't just, I can't just casually think I'm going to serve God and accomplish anything. Amen. I'm going to have to put my trust in the Lord. I'm going to have to have daily fellowship with the Lord. Amen. I've got to keep myself prepared for what God is wanting to do in my heart and my life. Amen. Moses said, well, I would just rather suffer the affliction Amen. Then to enjoy the pleasure of sin. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna set my sails this way. I'm gonna hook my wagon to that that's moving in the right direction. Amen. Daniel, the Bible says of Daniel that three times a day he opened the window toward the temple and he prayed to God. I'm going to tell you, sir, there's going to have to be some dedication, consistency. Job, amen. Job, when his life was falling apart, he said, I'm going to trust him. I'm going to hold on to the things that God has given me. I'm going to trust him. Amen. I, I know that sometimes we look around and it seems like more people are walking away from us or running away from us than are running toward us. 
Amen. You know how Gideon felt now, don't you? Amen. There were more people going that way than coming this way. But God said, I'm going to put something in those that are there. And it's going to be enough. As a matter of fact, it's going to be more than enough. Hallelujah. I need to consecrate myself to the Lord. i got to do everything that I can to touch those around me. Praise God. God, I pray, keep us alive. Amen. God, keep us as a dreamer and keep our dreams alive. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. We are where we are today. I said a moment ago because somebody dared to be different. Somebody reached beyond where they were then. Amen. And brought us to where we are now. Many times those that did those things were under a heavy load of criticism. Cynicism. It'll never work. It'll never work. It'll never work. Amen. But I believe I'm speaking to people today that understands what it's like to stand in the face of adversity and say, but I'm going to hold to God's unchanging hand. I'm going to put my faith and my trust and my confidence. I'm going to steady my feet. I'm going to hold to what God has told me. Some of you have heard me say this to you personally. Others of you have heard me say this publicly. But sometimes when we have victories in our lives, they may be small. And I've said to people sitting here today, more than a few, you need to hold on to that with everything that you have. It may not seem like a whole lot right now, but if God made you a promise. I preached not long ago, don't forget in the midnight hour what God promised you in the sunlight of his love. Amen. We need to have at least the wit for knowledge, the wherewithal of Reuben to say whatever you do, don't kill him. Don't kill him. He had no idea how prophetic those words are because what he was saying, we're not sparing you, we're sparing everybody. Amen, because God was moving in that family and that young man. Praise God. Would you stand with me today? Amen. Lord, I pray that you help me to keep myself surrounded by people that would just keep me, Lord, pushed to the forefront of your will. Aaron needed a, Moses needed an Aaron and a her. He needed somebody to lift his arms up when he was weary. He needed someone to steady him when he was weak. God, I thank you for those people that have kept going and kept us pressing. Amen. Aren't you thankful for that today? God put somebody in your life and gave them a voice, gave them a measure of influence. You are where you are today because they said you can. You can keep pressing. You can keep walking. Amen. I'm thankful that we're here today. Let's magnify the Lord together. Can we do this? This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806, or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening, and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.